0: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com.
2: By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.
1: And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at QuestNatureTours.com.
3: And o Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, VideoBooks.com.
1: Good morning. Welcome to our show number nine hundred fifteen, our first of twenty twenty-three. Happy New Year. Well, our friend Nick Rutter is an avid. British birder who has served as editor of the London Naturalist, the Journal of the London Natural History Society, and who currently writes the annual review for its sister publication, the London Bird Report. Nick has sent us an audio postcard from his favorite patch in London. He sent this on Christmas Eve to help us kick off the new year. If we listen closely, we'll hear Nick and the bird that he has found over the traffic sounds over there.
0: This is Nick Rutter from London, England on my patch at Wandsworth Common listening to a song thrush on Christmas Eve. They start to sing in December and it's a sign that the days are starting to get just that little bit longer now. Best wishes to everyone for the holiday season.
1: Short and sweet. Thank you so much, Nick. And I I believe on our... See, on our website or Facebook page, I think probably both, we have a picture of Nick with our friend Candy Powell from Rhode Island. She and her husband were over there in London a couple of years ago, and Nick uh, took them out birding in the London area. We get a picture of that. By the way, Nick's daughter was here in the U.S. a few years ago. She visited Mike O'Connor's famous store on Cape Cod and purchased a Birdwatcher's General Store T-shirt for her dad. And Nick says, quote, the T-shirt is still going strong, a quality product from Mr. O'Connor. Thank you, Nick. And uh, Mike, thanks you, too. Well, it's Christmas bird count season. Christmas bird counts going on all over North America, Central America, South America and beyond. And that includes right in our home territory of Massachusetts. And we're about to get a quick update of a bird count, Christmas bird count, with our own Debbie Bleacher. She's out there in Sector 2 in the town of Sudbury west of Boston. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. And you've got a whole team out there, I believe, with you. Am I right?
2: Yep, we have a small but mighty team, yes. <laughs> Bir- um, we have, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was going to say birding and plurting, right?
2: Yes, um, we have um, the marvelous birder John Edmondson out here, and uh, my husband Peter Dane is our designated flirter. yep, <laughs> and me.
1: Nice, and how about some birds?
2: Sure, um, we have seen. Let's see. Well, the, 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 our most exciting find was a. Uh, uh, a the sighting was a hawk. Uh, sorry, a red-tailed hawk hunting low mm. at Asabet National Wildlife Refuge. It just. Mm-hmm. We heard a mob of chickadees screaming, and then all of a sudden, this <laughs> hawk appeared. It's all great.
1: right, there's yeah. a sound for you. Yeah, and so the the count goes until what the fifth of January, if I'm if I'm right. And so uh, folks could still sign up, but I think you were going to give a little plug for. You know, maybe next year if it's too late to sign up this time, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. The uh, Christmas Bird Count runs every year. Um, Depending upon where you live, it can be any time between December 14th and January 5th. And you can sign up at uh, audubon.org and find out when it is in your area.
1: Okay, something to dream about over the uh, long uh, winter season here. Debbie, thank you so much. Good luck to you and Peter and John with that birding and plurting and that Christmas Bird Count. Thank you.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Ray. My
1: pleasure. All right. Our Debbie Bleacher out there in a Christmas bird count just uh, west of Boston. We were hoping to hear from our friend Kimberly Mutu. She's out in the San Francisco area. She was actually doing a, a Christmas bird count yesterday, or she was planning to do one yesterday. But she says, this is her first note, it has rained three inches since... Yesterday And more to come. I was supposed to be at Ano Nuevo State Beach and Park on the CBC, but the roads are closed due to mudslides. So she decided to uh, do her count in her backyard. She had 17 species, 57 birds in her backyard. Anna's hummingbird, Buicks, ran California, Toei, uh, Fox Sparrow, Golden Crown um, Sparrow, botted Toei, Lots of amazing birds, so thank you, Kimberly. She is heading for Hawaii, so we're hoping to get maybe a postcard, um, an audio postcard from uh, from Kimberly. What we have there is the sound of our mystery bird. I don't know how much help that sound will be, but we'll provide some clues here. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest. Our bird is a medium-sized diver. Often seen on small lakes and ponds, the male's head, chest, back, and hind end are black. The sides are gray with a white stripe up the shoulder. It has kind of a bump or peak at the back of the head. The bill is blue-gray with a conspicuous white ring and a black tip. Um, Both the common name and scientific name, Collaris, as in collar, refer to one of this bird's most inconspicuous field marks. In other words, it's another of those birds whose name just doesn't fit its appearance, like the black duck, which is not really black exactly, and the red-bellied woodpecker, which doesn't exactly uh, have much of a red belly. Our bird breeds across most of Canada and the U.S. Upper Midwest and winters through the southern U.S. and all the way down to Central America. As a preview of our mystery bird contest, as usual, we have some marvelous prizes, this time from beauty books and Mary's Gone Crackers. And if you win our mystery bird contest, you'll be entered in the random drawing for an HD optical system vortex binocular. We'll be giving that away around Valentine's Day, and everybody who wins the contest between now and then will be entered in the drawing to win that beautiful prize, that beautiful thing there. A salute to some of our marvelous... Talking birds ambassadors helping us get the word out, and thank you to our friend from, Al, from our, our friend Alan Hale from Shipman, Virginia, and part of the Beauty of Books family, and a bird tour leader. We had the pleasure of listening to an audio postcard that he sent us from Panama a couple of weeks ago. Thank you for that, Alan, and for becoming a talking birds ambassador. And thanks to Peggy Gerhardt from Madison. Wisconsin, she says she'd love to spread the word about the show to her fellow birders in Madison. She says, I'm a member of the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin. Jeff Galligan, Dexter Patterson, and Rita Wiskowski are co-founders, colleagues, I believe, with Freya McGregor. That is uh, actually correct. She says, I love hearing her on the show. A great educational podcast. Thank you so much, Peggy. Yeah, we had uh, Jeff and Rita on the show uh, a while back. We'll have to look that up and see when that was, because they were wonderful to listen to. Still to come today, we'll talk with an amazing Aussie, not our Freya McGregor this time. It's Millie Formby, who's in the middle of a remarkable journey for a very good cause. She'll tell us about it from her current perch in a city in eastern Australia, Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a Let's Ask Mike live segment about something very timely. Winter birding tips ought to be in good shape to get out there if it's cold where you are. Up next, a bird whose bark is not worse than its bite, is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Its face seems to wear an expression of surprise. And when alarmed, it barks like a small dog. It's our New Year's Day featured feathered friend, the long-eared owl. Long-eareds are slender owls with brown, black, and buff coloring on the body feathers, and a buff or orange face with two vertical white lines between their yellow eyes. Their camouflage pattern and colors makes them hard to find as they roost in dense foliage. Long-eared owls are nimble flyers, gliding over grasslands in search of the small mammals on which they feed, using hearing so acute that they can snatch prey in complete darkness with their asymmetrical ear openings that help them determine the target's direction and distance, along with a large facial disc that captures and directs the sound of the prey and flight feathers with fringed edges and downy surfaces to make their approach virtually silent, helping them better hear their prey while their prey hears nothing until it's too late. And our bird doesn't just bark. The male also vocalizes with a hooting sound that can be heard more than a mile away. Oseo otis. The long-eared owl, today's talking Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our first show of 2023, our show number 915. Well, if you're looking for some inspiration to help you tackle an adventure in the new year, especially one for a good cause, we might have just the thing for you on today's show. Thanks to zoologist, children's book illustrator, self-described bird nerd, and adventurer, Millie Formby, who was doing something very adventurous indeed. Flying solo in a very, very small aircraft around the entire perimeter of the continent of Australia for the benefit of bird conservation. We're about to hear more about her adventure as we connect with Millie via slightly delayed zoom. Good morning, Millie.
3: Good morning, Ray. How you doing?
1: Doing well. I, I forgot to ask before we went on the air, where exactly are you?
3: I'm in Newcastle, which is about a two-hour drive north of Sydney.
1: North of Sydney. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, how to, uh, How did you decide to embark on this uh, amazing journey?
3: Yeah, so, uh, so I'm currently flying around Australia in a, a microlight aircraft. Uh, the project's called Wing Threads Flight Around Oz and it's to raise awareness for our migratory shorebirds. And uh, I've been working in shorebird conservation now for about 10 years. And uh, when I got into it, I could see that uh, one of the big hurdles that we faced all the time was uh, getting the word out about migratory shorebirds and the issues that they face. Mm -hmm. So I was hit with this idea that, you know, maybe I could inspire people by doing what shorebirds do best, and that's flying. So uh, I learned to fly a micro light. Yeah.
1: Quite, quite amazing. And what a journey it is 20,000 kilometers or more than 12,000 miles by micro light plane or ultralight i think mm-hmm. as we call it uh over here i think it's maybe the same uh,
3: i think kind um of plane, i think you you call them powered hang gliders they are they are different to ultralights so ultralights ah. tend to be fixed wing aircraft but the uh-huh. microlights lights are a powered hang glider
1: powered hang glider that sounds yeah. that makes it sounds a little even more adventurous
3: it is, it is a bit <laughs> exciting it's got it's got the hang glider wing and then it's got a, mm-hmm. a three-wheel trike base so it's a bit like a flying motorbike in sky-hmm sky. mm-hmm.
1: well I know you're not trying to break any speed records here because you're <laughs> you're making lots of stops along the way at schools and libraries uh, for example tell us about that important part of your trip
3: yeah so the- project's really about community engagement because uh, all these birds, you know, they're flying from Australia up to the Arctic to breed every year and back again. It's a round trip of about 25,000 kilometres. And as you mentioned, mine's about 20,000 kilometres. So I'm flying a similar distance. But uh, yeah, the main aim of the project is to um, raise awareness, tell people about migratory shorebirds and the amazing journeys that they do because a lack of awareness is uh, one of the major threats to shorebirds while they're here in Australia, uh, you know, letting people know what they can do when they're uh, enjoying the beach or out in wetlands and things like that uh, is, is one of the, the big things that we can do to help them.
1: Mm-hmm. So you've talked about the fact that you've, you never dreamed of being a pilot. So it was the yeah. idea of following the shorebirds that came before the flying idea, right?
3: Yeah, that's right. So um, once I got hit by this idea, um, I thought, well, I better actually go and see if I like flying.
2: <laughs> and,
3: but because I didn't, you're right, I didn't have any aspirations to be a pilot. And I went and did what's called a, a trial instructional flight in a microlight. And I got bitten by the flying bug really hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. It's um, very addictive. <laughs> and,
1: and, and, I'm not sure if I have this right, but will you, will you be the first woman to ever circumnavigate the entire mainland of Australia in the air?
3: Oh, no, that's not quite right. I think I'll be the first woman to do it in a microlight, but uh-huh. certainly there's been other female pilots who've done it before in different aircraft.
1: Mm-hmm. But fifth in a microlight. That's pretty good.
3: Uh, no, first in a microlite, I think. Oh, first
1: in a microlite. Okay, that was yeah, the stat. Yeah, yeah. I don't,
3: think, yeah, yeah, the I don't think any yeah. other women have done it in a microlite. Yeah.
1: All right, yeah. What's your current prediction about when you'll complete
3: your trip? Yeah, so I started in Perth in June of this year. So it's taken me about six months to get here to Newcastle. I thought originally it'd take me about six months to get all the way around, but um, I think it's going to take me closer to a year. So uh, I'm having a break here in in Newcastle for three months over the summer, because uh, um, up north here in Australia is what we call the wet season, and you get all the monsoonal rains. So I uh, don't really want to be up there when that's all happening. So I'll, I'll start again um, in March. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You you have to have a lot of supporters, I'm sure, to make a trip like this possible. How, how did how did that come about, and who do you have as main supporters?
3: yeah so the project's mostly been crowdfunded. So I uh, ran a crowdfunding campaign in February of this year and uh, had people put offer to you know pay different amounts to put logos on the aircraft mm-hmm. as well. that was one of the perks and also sponsoring the flight legs. So I managed to raise just over seventy five thousand dollars for that and uh, yeah they're they're my major sponsors and I've had um, uh, Costa Georgiades who is a bit of a TV celebrity here in Australia on a program called Gardening Australia and he's also a huge supporter of conservation initiatives. Uh, He's also been a major help with um, uh, getting the word out as well so that's mostly how I've done it. Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say, uh, what would constitute a, a, a great success, Millie, for this project?
3: Oh, I think uh, that I'm really using the number of schools I've visited and the number of students I've reached as a, as a measure of, of success. I think, uh, well, so far I've visited 66 schools and mm-hmm. across four states and reached over 4,000 students. So I'm only halfway. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, that's that's huge. And uh hearing from teachers as well afterwards that uh, you know, they're gonna be incorporating shorebirds as part of their curriculum and um uh hearing that the kids are really engaging with the material and want to continue learning about and about the birds and going to visit their wetlands to see them, I think are, are huge indicators that you know the project's having an impact and uh that people are wanting, you know, to get out in nature and uh, connect with their local wetlands. Mm
1: -hmm. There's a book involved with your project too, I believe, right? What can you tell us about that?
3: Yes, so uh, before I got into science, uh, my background was actually in art and illustration. So uh, I did a talk about wanting to fly around Australia uh, in 2019 at a bird conference, and uh, a publisher was there and they approached me afterwards and asked if i wanted to do a children's book about my project because they wanted more female role models in stem Mm -hmm. and i was like oh hell yeah as long as i can illustrate it (laughs) (laughs) so i um got together with my friend jackie who's a kids book author and she is also a huge shorebird advocate and uh, she's written it and i've illustrated it it's called a shorebird flying adventure so you can uh, join Microlite Millie as she flies along the East Asian Australasian flyway and, and learn why shorebirds are awesome. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And that's, it's pretty, uh, it's w- widely available too, right? I think your book is? Yeah.
3: Yes. If you go to CSIRO Publishing online, you can buy the book on the website.
1: Okay. And tell us the title once again.
3: A Shorebird Flying Adventure.
1: A Shorebird Flying Adventure. Millie Fornby is on an extraordinary 12,000-plus-mile journey to raise awareness about the plight of shorebirds, and she has many more adventures planned after this one, and we'll certainly be checking in with her again to learn about those plans. Before you go, Millie, tell us uh, how folks can best follow you on the rest of your journey and learn more about what you're doing.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, If you go to my website, wingthreads.com, uh, you can see where I'm up to around the country, as well as fun links to Facebook and Instagram, uh, where I'm also posting updates of the journey.
1: Okay, that's wing threads.
3: Mm-hmm. Threads like sewing. Yeah. Like
1: sewing. All right. <laughs> Millie, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations on a wonderful project and uh, good luck with the rest of your journey.
3: Thanks so much, Ray.
1: Millie Formby. Joining us from Newcastle, Australia, about halfway through her amazing trip for shorebird conservation. A Shorebird Flying Adventure is that book, by the way, and it's a wonderful children's book and beautifully illustrated by Millie herself. Wow. Coming up next here on Talking Birds, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight, You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-Vortex or visit vortexoptics.com. The sound of our mystery bird, a medium-sized diver, often seen on small lakes and ponds. The male's head, chest, back, and hind end are black. Sides are gray with a white stripe up the shoulder. It has kind of a bump or peak at the back of the head. The bill is blue-gray with a conspicuous white ring and a black tip. Both the common name and scientific name, Collarus or collaris as in collar, refer to one of this bird's most inconspicuous field marks. It's one of those birds whose name maybe doesn't quite fit uh, the description, the appearance of the bird, which breeds across most of Canada and the upper Midwest of the U.S., wintering through the southern U.S. and all the way down to Central America. That's our mystery bird, a $15 gift certificate for beauty Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, is one of our prizes, along with a month's supply of Super Seed Crackers, From Mary's Gone Crackers, the largest organic and gluten-free cracker company in the U.S. We have a bonus prize standing by as well. And uh, right through the second week in February, every Mystery Bird Contest winner will be entered into a drawing for a beautiful prize from our friends at Vortex Optics. An 8x42 Vortex Viper Binocular. It's a really super high-quality binocular. So we'll show some love to the randomly chosen winner on our closest to Valentine's Day show on February 12th for a mystery bird contest. So, that number is 781-837-4900. And in case you missed that, it's 781-837-4900. Mike O'Connor will be with us. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Beauty Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com.
2: Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed.
1: Well, Mike O'Connor is prepared for winter birding, and he's going to give us some winter birding tips. He's over there with his layers of clothing and mittens and his hand warmer. He's all set, even though it's 65 degrees.
0: <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> okay, God. That's maybe I know, it's like... Crazy cold a couple of days ago. Now it's you know warmed up again. What
1: are you going to do? Yeah, but you're still wearing the same clothing. All right, that's dedication.
0: Once once I put them on, I don't change.
1: (laughs) Why do it? You know, it's all that trouble. Come on, (laughs) it's it's not easy putting all that winter clothing on. But it's important to have that stuff, though, isn't it? If you're going to get out there in the cold weather.
0: Well, yeah, I got a couple of. uh, First of all, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, and. yeah, well, right. a lot of times people. Are not, these are some tips that I use when I go birding early in the morning. Not backyard tips, but if you want to go early, look for owls first thing in the morning or uh, you know before sunrise, or look for ducks early in the morning. But I here's a couple of tips that I suggest that I do. First thing, I, I bring my binoculars in the house. Uh, a lot of I keep mine in the car, and a lot of birds do, in case they, you know, there's birds, they're always birding no matter what they're doing. But I bring them in the house the night before so they're mm-hmm. warm, so they don't steam up when I use them, and the strap's not all stiff, and they're yeah. not kind of cold. That's, that's, that's the first thing I do. The other thing is I get a, I make myself a nice thermos of a hot beverage, preferably mm-hmm. and beans coffee, which oh, is yeah. kind of the best. Mm-hmm. And it just... Big advantages of that. First of all, you can have the hot drink anytime you want. You don't have to go to a stinking Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts and get in a line and spend the money and have the trash and have them make it wrong. You have your stuff right there when you need it. So that's the other thing and yes, I do use hand warmers. I've got cold fingers and I don't understand as he bird is out with those fingerless gloves. I don't understand that because my the palm of my hand is never cold but my fingers yeah, are a... always cold. Yeah. So I, I don't get those. So I use hand warmers like skiers use. You can buy those those little packages that you open and they're like look like little tea bags. And they're not chemicals, they're just, they're just iron and charcoal and a little bit of salt. And somehow, magically, they produce heat and they work great. Or you can buy the kind, and, and I got some for Christmas these plug in ones. You know, uh, they're the battery operated, you just plug them in. Mm-hmm. You know, like a cell phone that you charge them up, and then you can have them with you and turn them on. You keep them in your pocket so you can have your hands free. You don't have to have the thick mittens on while you're using your camera or your binoculars. Oh, my God, I'm getting off there already. Oh, we're late here. We're really late. Yeah, we're really late. The days are
1: shorter now. You know how that
0: is. Uh, I got one more step. quick. Yeah. If you take your binoculars off before you get in the car because you want to take your jacket off, never put your binoculars on the roof of your car. Oh. I saw a lot of binoculars. People drove away with oh, the binoculars yeah. on the roof of your car. Wow. Put them on the windshield, mm-hmm. and then if you get in your car and you forget, they're looking right at Don't you. Don't put
1: them on the roof. I didn't know that, but thank you for, for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good, All right.
1: That's a good tip. Thank you, Mike. Happy New Year. Talk Happy to you next week. Mike. You got michael, it. michael O'Connor at the famous Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod. They're Every Wednesday Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com/newsletter. Let's uh, say hello to Ben in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Good morning, Ben. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're real short of time, but what do you think our mystery bird is, Ben?
0: Um, a ring-necked duck.
1: Ring-necked duck is kind of got the ring that shows up on the bill, but they call it ring-necked duck, and it's a whole long story. But absolutely right, Ben. Thank you. If you'll stay on the line, we'll get uh, uh, we'll arrange to send you that nice stuff. Awesome. All thank right. You. Thank you, Ben, in New Bedford, Massachusetts, the great whaling city. Ringneck duck, and I, you know, our friend Kimberly from California is on the phone. I, if we can, we just want to give her a quick hello. She was going to get us an audio postcard, but she got kind of rained out. Is she still on there? Are you there, Kimberly? I'm still on here. Well, <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about that that deluge you got out there. Wow. But we uh, got
2: five inches.
1: Oh my in gosh, Pacifica, five inches, and
2: five and a, almost five and a half in wow. San Francisco. It's You're insane. Right.
1: Wow. Well, we're out of time, but Kimberly, I but I just wanted birds. to say hello and uh, good luck on your Hawaii vi- uh, visit.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I'll, call, I'll send you a postcard from
1: there. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. And we are out of time for this morning's show. Thanks for being with us. Happy New Year and see you next week.
2: The
0: bird show. I like that. I love Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: <laughs> Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod birdwatchersgeneralstore.com
2: by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com
1: and Quest Nature Tours offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com
3: and UDO Books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world.